Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The month of June is heating up with a ton of exciting sports action, and Bet Online is where you can find it. From basketball and hockey playoffs to baseball's marquee matchups, including prop bets and futures, BetOnline has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head on over to BetOnline and start playing today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to my podcast. I'm your host, Plain Edmonds, and today on the pod, I'm very excited to introduce this special guest. She was the 2006 world champion, 2007 Four Continents champion, 2007 national champion, and the first American and first women to simultaneously hold the world Four Continents and national title at the same time. She also landed the triple axel at nationals in 2005. Everybody, Kimmy Meissner. <laughs> Hello, everybody. <laughs> Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Just obviously before we start, I wanted to compliment you on your career because it is so incredible. And just wanted to give you a little shout out because my mom actually used to always use you as an example when I was growing up skating and being like, look at the great behavior that Kimmy always exhibits whenever she competes, just in terms of like your persona, like on TV and <laughs> The way that you would just come out, compete, and I guess not be like over and emotional or something like that. She really loved that. And that was like a very role model moment for me. So stoked. Well, that's so sweet. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So you landed the triple axel in 2005 at Nationals, mm-hmm. which was very amazing. Um, what age did you start learning the triple axel and what age did you get it? Like how long did it take you? I think I started learning it. Um, let's see. I was still 14, like just before I turned 15, I started working on it pretty much gearing up for that season, um, the 2005 season. So it didn't take me long to get, which is amazing because it took me forever to land a double axle clean. It took me like two and a half years just to get that. So, and then once I got it, I loved axle, but it's kind of incredible that I ever did triple axle, just considering how long it <laughs> took me for that first one. But I did it on the harness first for a little bit, for a few, probably like a month and a half or so. And then finally was like, okay, today's the day. We're going to do it off the harness. And I did, you know, I know you know what this is like, just like circling, getting ready to do it. I had to like talk myself into it where I was like, okay, this is, I'm going to do it now. No, just kidding. I'll just like circle around, try again, again. Finally went for it and like (laughs) fell face first. And I was like, all right, I'm I'm good. (laughs) Now that I got this first one done, but yeah, it didn't take me that long. I, it only took me about, honestly, about a month or so to land it, which was really exciting. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's yeah. so crazy. <laughs> it was exciting. Wow. So you landed it when you were, when you were 15 or when you were 14? I landed it for the first time just in practice, I guess, when I was 14. Because mm-hmm. um, I had, because I was 15 at nationals when I landed, landed it mm-hmm. there. So, but yeah, just before I turned 15, I think 
What motivated you to start learning the triple axel at that time? Because triple axels were pretty rare for a long time. Yeah. Um, at that time I was skating with Mickey Ando and Mal and I would go, I remember going to junior worlds for the first time and I saw Mickey land her quad sow and I was just like, okay, I need to step up my game here because <laughs> it was just so incredible to see a woman doing that. It wasn't something that was really common. I had never seen a, a woman land a quad ever or, or a triple axel in person. So I was really just blown away at the athleticism just the fact that she was doing that and pushing the sport forward that way and I really just wanted to also do that I also trained my best friend in at the rink growing up was a guy who would do triple axles and quads and I just kind of was like you know what if he can do it I can definitely do this (laughs) so it was a little bit of obviously the competition aspect and actually seeing um the Japanese skaters just pushing things forward like that and being incredible and then just at home, you know, friendly competition with my, my guy friend growing up. That kind of really pushed me to do that. And, you know, I grew up in a house of three boys. So it was kind of always been one of those things where it's like, I want to do exactly what they're doing. And so that's, that was kind of like my mindset around it where it was like, I mean, I can definitely do this. It's, even though it's not something commonly seen or done, I know I, I want to try it and I want to do it. You had the right attitude. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's so awesome. What, how consistent were you with the triple axel once you got it? Yeah, that first, that first year I was pretty consistent with it. Um, after in that next season, after I had landed it, then I started to get, I got like a little back injury and then they got less consistent. But that year leading up to when I ultimately did it at nationals, I was like, my coach was always really big on five in a rows. So triple axel became another one of just my everyday jumps that I had to do. So I would land five triple axles in a row and she would have me do, you know, triple axel, triple toe, like just, it was just like another one of my jumps. So yeah, probably the worst one I landed is the one I did at nationals. (laughs) (laughs) That's so awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. You really like grilled, grilled it into yourself clearly because when you're under all of the pressure and adrenaline of competition for you to still be able to nail it, that's, that's crazy. So cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was exciting. And it was like one of those last minute decisions of depending on where I was in the short and, you know, we weren't really looking at like I would get on the podium that year or anything like that. So it was kind of like a last minute throw in of I've been landing them all week in practice. I might as well just do it. But it's mm-hmm. always the best when it's like that because you have no pressure. You just kind of do what you know how to do. Mm-hmm. When you had the triple axle, age 14, 15, you were very young, obviously. Did going through puberty have any effect on the triple axel for you as you got older? Yes, huge. It had a huge effect just on all of my jumps in general. Um, when I was that age, I was like just no body fat. It was like 9% body fat. And then I went through puberty and I got hips. Never did quite get boobs, but I got hips and legs. <laughs> and it, was, it threw off everything. It threw off timing and just center of gravity, everything. So yeah, that made it a lot harder. Um, after I was finished kind of going through puberty, though, I did start working on triple axel again, and, and I was able to land it again, but it was never quite as consistent as when as before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you got second at nationals in 2006, heading into the Olympics. Mm-hmm. You were already bronze medalist in 2005, right, with the mm-hmm. first triple axel at nationals with 
that being your first senior nationals too, right? That was your debut yeah. in 2005. Right. So what was the media like for you heading into the 2006 Olympics? Cause you definitely had like so much behind you already to be hyping you up in a way. Yeah, it was a whirlwind. I mean, I, I know like my family and my coaches and I, we weren't really looking at 2006 as like the Olympics that I would go to um, if I were to even go to one. Um, so I was included in all of the media coverage and, uh, or like, you know, just preparing for the Olympics, you go to the media summit and kind of all of that, you kind of prepare just in case you are in it and they can use these clips of you and everything. And it was such a wild experience because I was there with Michelle Kwan and Sasha Cohen. And I'm just like, what am I doing? <laughs> um, so it was such a cool experience. And I kind of was like, you know, if nothing comes from this, at least I got to experience this whole moment here. Um, but I was still like under the radar. I was there, but not really too much people were focusing on. So I still didn't feel much pressure. Um, if anything, you know, it's just the pressure we put on ourselves that I was more kind of feeling. Cause then I started to believe that I could go to the Olympics and I wanted to make it that year. Like I did not want it to slip by me, I guess, after kind of going through that whole media circuit leading up to nationals, I was like, all right, this has to be it. <laughs> like I can't just let this go to waste. <laughs> wow. That's so cool. So likewise, um, then going to worlds basically a month after the Olympics, what was that like for you? Cause you won it. Yeah crazy i mean it was still it was just it was just one of those moments where i like will never forget seeing the scores come up and realizing what it all meant um i just like i had trained so well that year leading up to the olympics and i you know at the actual olympics i got nervous and i remember just being like oh man i wish that i could have done what i had been training which was just like consistently clean you know program with the two triple triples and everything um so to actually do that really when it mattered was just such a gratifying experience and feeling and just being like, all right, it all paid off, like all that training. Um, but yeah, it was surreal just seeing the scores pop up like that and be like, oh, what, <laughs> what just happened? And so after that, then it was a whole nother, it was just a whole nother level of like coming home and having, you know, I grew up in a small town. So coming home to my small town and like everything that they did, you know, which they'd already had done a lot leading up to the Olympics. And now this had happened and it was like all kind of reinvigorated again. And it was, it was surreal. I mean, it took me a while to really process, I guess, kind of what that experience was like. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just felt great. It was just one of those things where everything kind of all came together. That's so awesome. <laughs> so now in today's skating, we're seeing more and more girls trying and landing triple axles. And it looks like it's almost easier for people to get it now than it was for the last like 30 years, just because we have so many women doing it now versus it was always like just a handful, like maybe one or two per generation kind of. Um, what do you think about the fact that there's such a surge now in the technical aspect of skating? Yeah, I, you know, obviously I'm a big believer in technical content and pushing the sport forward. I think that we need, like, you need to be doing that. I think you need to challenge yourself. I think that women have the ability to do a lot of these jumps, but I also think that, you know, skating is still an art form as well. So when I, as a spectator watching, I don't want to just see all jumps. Like you can respect, mm -hmm. like you can respect what it takes to do that, especially when you're watching a program full of quads, you know, that takes so much strength 
to just do that and do that under pressure. Like you mentioned earlier, like there's a whole nother level that I think, you know, we understand having gone through those experiences, but at the same time, I think like there's a really good way to blend that technical aspect and the artistry that you need to have in skating. Um, and you know, there's a, there's definitely a handful of skaters today that are doing triple axles and quads that have figured that out. I think that there's sometimes where it's like, okay, I'm just watching like a practice of this jump, this jump, this jump. And that's just, you know, not my cup of tea, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm glad that, you know, I'm glad that it's not something that's just kind of fallen to the wayside and, you know, no one's trying these harder things. I think that they should try them. Um, and I think we should be able to do them, but I also feel like we can't lose the original, you can't lose the essence of skating, <laughs> which is, yeah. that's why people love it. You know, that's why I got into skating. I mean, I'm not sure why you did, but you know, looking at it and, and seeing someone who is super athletic, but also artistic at the same time, that was what was so appealing about skating to me is you could be both. And so I think that like, you know, like I said, I, I'm, I think a handful of the girls nowadays, they definitely have that ability. Um, and it's just so incredible to watch. Like when you watch Rika Kiara skate and she mm -hmm. does two triple axles and the program is seamless and flawless and you don't even realize how difficult that jump is. She makes it look so easy. I mean, that's like incredible to me because it, it's just, yeah. it's mind blowing because it's so hard. <laughs> and then to feel no, like everything yeah. else, you know, but. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool to hear the same type of sentiment being expressed by so many people, both past skaters like yourself and present people mm -hmm. um, who are just saying, you know, like, it's so good that the technical is being pushed. It's extremely hard work to get the technical feat to be what it is now. And um, it's incredible when people are able to do it. But with that, it's like we, got, we have to be pushing the sport artistically in the same way or at least – Right. figuring out a way to level it out because right now it's getting a little bit uneven um, and people are noticing <laughs> so we need to like figure out how to level everything out you competed under both the 6.0 and the IJS, the new IJS system right what can you tell us about your experience doing both oh, I feel so old knowing that <laughs> <laughs> no it's so cool um yeah I mean I grew up with the 6.0 system I guess so that was I always dreamed of you know, being like Michelle Kwan and having some six O's on my, you know, panel afterwards when I'm sitting there in the kiss and cry. Um, it was very different. I mean, there's so many things about the IJS system that are super positive and like really, I think that's what's helped to develop the sport and push it forwards. I mean, you see these insane footwork sequences that are also equally as hard as doing a triple axel. <laughs> um, and you, like, like you mentioned, like it is developing the sport in an artistic way by having some of these requirements. But also I feel like there was some freedom under the 6.0 system that I don't think is necessarily there with the IJS system, just based off of like mm -hmm. being a fan, watching skating, then also competing it, competing under it myself. You know, there, I know like even coaching now, a lot of my skaters, they go through their programs and they are just little like they calculate everything that they're doing. They know exactly what's going on and like how much this is worth. And, you know, they can easily change their programs up like that. Whereas I always had a difficult time with that because you're never, you're not really going through thinking what everything is worth. You're just kind of like performing yeah. and doing the program that you've, you know, you've trained, but yeah, those are some different things I've noticed even just with my skaters and like how they kind of approach their competitions at a young age. And then also as they get a little bit older versus me when I was like under six O system and could just do like 
three revolutions and my combo spinning and I'm done. Like <laughs> you didn't have to hold them. So it almost sounds like there's like more freedom under the 6.0 system because of that fact, like you didn't have to worry about crunching all the numbers and trying to like maximize points as much as possible. Yeah. yeah I definitely think there was more freedom yeah. under that system. I mean, like I said, there's, there's a lot of benefits with the IJS and I don't think, like, I don't think the right answer would have been to just stay with 6.0 and kind of let it go. Cause we did mm-hmm. need to like push the sport, the sport forward that way. But you know, mm-hmm. as someone who's kind of been under both, I always felt like there was just a little bit more under that. Like, and when you watch like Michelle Kwan, I always will go back to her because she's my favorite. So <laughs> when she does like her footwork sequence at the end and, you know, you're not so concerned about the turns that she's doing. It was about the performance that she was giving and what you felt when you were watching her. That to me is like always so exciting. It is, especially live too. Cause there's, yeah. there's some skaters that you watch live and you're like blown away. You get the chills and right. even like watching the same performance on TV later it might not give you the exact same feeling, but um, it's always, it's the best and all, most memorable when you watch a performance and it like actually touches you rather than just the routine, I landed yeah. everything, clean program. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like Nathan's got it. When he does, he does obviously, I mean, he's just incredible in general, but like when he does his footwork, I feel like he's got that same vibe of, he's doing what he needs to do technically but he's also giving you all the feels. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's doing like what footwork was supposed to do. Yeah. Like what it was yeah, designed yeah, for. Um, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. What it's supposed to do for sure. Exactly. It's also, it's funny because there's all those um, requirements for upper body and everyone always tries, but doesn't quite get there because of how like difficult the turns are. But then you have a skater like Nathan come out who's so dance trained and has such talent for being able to like be so flowy on the ice that he actually hits the upper body movement the way that it was intended to be hit. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So impressive. Yeah. What, if you could change one thing about the judging system now, what would you change as a past skater and a coach too? Yeah. I, I guess, you know, that I'm going to come back to that same thought especially as a coach. I mean, I know it's hard. You're watching your own students. So you're kind of like a little bit biased. I think I'm pretty tough on my students. So I don't just like all think that they skate great, but there's just so much where they come off feeling like they had such a great performance and they, you know, they did, but then it's like, you look at it on paper and it's like, well, you know, level two, this, this, this. And it's just like, it can be so soul crushing. (laughs) Yeah sometimes you know where it's like oh I just wish there was a way we could change that where it reflected I feel like what was on the ice a little bit more and I think even at the top level you know my husband who's not a skater by any means knows how to skate backwards though but definitely has no skating intelligence and IQ like yeah I know like good for you for doing that but now let's be quiet while I watch skating (laughs) Um, but he'll watch the sport sometimes especially at nationals or you know generally like nationals and worlds will always be on in our house. And, um, you know, he doesn't understand why a certain skater didn't get like, why aren't they in, in first? And I feel like that's, that's really always a common theme amongst, um, people who are not past skaters. You know, I feel like we kind of understand, well, that's just like, I sit there and try to explain it to him. Well, it's because of this, this, and this, you know, and he's like, well, I don't understand. I, I just watched this performance that was already, that was the best one. And like, if you ask any audience member, that would be the best one. 
but then on paper, like this one's the best one. So I wish there was a way we could eliminate that. <laughs> no, that makes it so makes, much sense. Yeah. Yeah. Whoever the best performance is and also has the best technical. I mean, cause normally if they have a great performance like that, they also usually have a great technical performance too, since obviously there's no disruptions into the, in this gate. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I feel like that's confusing for audience members and it's confusing for, you know, past skaters as well sometimes. So. Definitely. The, the rules are always changing. Um, yeah. yeah. It's, it's definitely crazy. Even just in the past five years since I feel like I was competitive when I was like in the Olympic stuff, I feel like it's changed tremendously, which is crazy because five years isn't even that long of time, but right. What's, what's being valued now versus what was being valued when I was like in the thick of it. It's like, yeah. it's almost opposite, which is insane. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I'm with you. It definitely, it definitely changes so quick. And then some changes are good. Some changes are like, I don't know, questionable. <laughs> yeah. 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 What, what do you think about the current trend of such young skaters being on top? Um, considering that you were also a young skater on top. You were 16 when you won 2006 Worlds, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great thought. I -hmm. have a lot of thoughts on it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm trying to figure out, like, how to get them all into one coherent thought here. (laughs) But Take your time. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, again, I think what – so as somebody who was – a young skater up there and then your body develops like that's just naturally what happens at that time period of your life and that's why we see so much turnover in the in these younger skaters and I just really worry about obviously their mental health and how you can handle having all of that and then having it go away quickly um you know obviously some skaters will kind of get through that period of time but I wonder a lot just how healthy is it for them um, in certain settings for sure. But I wish we could see a little bit more, I guess, consistency and continuity with the skaters. You know, it's hard. You start getting behind as a fan. Now you just start getting behind somebody and then it's like, you don't see them. And it's just kind of replaced with somebody else is a little bit how I feel the trend is right now. And I just worry about their health overall. Mm -hmm and how they can maintain those levels um but i i don't think that it's something that should be like i think it should be rewarded when a young skater comes up you know you were young as well when you were at the olympics and i don't think that that's something we should hold them back for you work hard i mean you worked hard to get there i also Mm -hmm. worked really hard to get to the olympics and it's like yeah at that time it makes sense to to be there you know i think as like federations and then as coaches or anybody who's involved in the sport, our job really is to kind of help those younger skaters then to continue to be in that sport and not just be like, okay, well, you know, your time's up now. It's been a whole two years and you're now 18 and time's up. A (laughs) whole two years. (laughs) A whole two years. It's a super long time. (laughs) I mean, I just, yeah, I just, I guess that's always where my thoughts kind of come back to you. Like, I think we should be encouraging our skaters to do what they, they can and kind of encourage them to safely and like, like get to their max ability because then they can develop artistically as well. I feel like a lot of times like young skaters will develop technically 
then it takes them a couple of years to really develop artistically and have it, have it all. And in that in-between period of where they kind of first burst onto the scene, like we got to figure out a way to really help them. Definitely. It's, yeah. 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 It's funny because when I was the 15 year olds um, and I had all the technical, it was, it was the artistry, like the components, the second side of skating that I was constantly being told by judges and everybody like, oh, you have to like, wait your turn. Like, you know, wait a few years. Like you're really going to grow into your skating. Um, Like you'll get there. You just have to wait. And I like, obviously it was hard to process that because I was like, well, I have the same jumps as everybody like, come on. Um, But everybody who was on top was, you know, like Mausada, Yuna Kim, um, Mm -hmm. everybody, Carolina Kostner, they were all older. So I had the examples of like, okay, yeah, like I'm, I'm going to wait my turn, right? Like do time, do time. I'll get there. But yeah, like just such a flip in just four years, all of a sudden it's, 15 year old after 15 year old after 15 year old and the skaters with the artistry who are older are like getting not necessarily left in the dust, but it's, it's a lot harder to break through into the podium. Technically speaking, I guess, Mm -hmm. um, because of the cultural shift that we've seen in like the judging system with skating. So. Yeah. That's so perfectly put like the way you just said that. I just feel like because you have to have that like wow factor technically to get there. And then from there, it's like, okay, just like keep this, try to maintain as much as you can while you develop that second score. I mean, I was the same as you. Like I always had the same comments of like, you'll get there, you know, artistically, you'll kind of grow into it. And definitely as I, as I continue to skate professionally, I feel like that second side that I was always told would happen, it did start to develop. Of course, technically I was like not doing triple axles anymore or anything like that, but it was like skating professionally. I'm like, wow, I wish that I had this ability to do the second mark when I was competing mm-hmm. yeah, but it's it's just it's so quick and I like that is kind of always been a trend in our sport mm-hmm. and it's it's hard so that's why I don't know if it, there's a way that we can help support them <laughs> so always what I think about yeah 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 it's definitely something that needs to be looked at on a deeper level um, and taken seriously on a deep level from yeah. the people in charge. So yeah. hopefully with everybody coming out and seeing it, <laughs> they'll start, but we'll yeah. see. I know. I feel like at least it's kind of getting some attention now and, you know, other sports are also being a lot more vocal about kind of their, their own problems that they have to deal with. I think that helps all of us as athletes in general, because just in Absolutely. general, you get like, people to take you seriously it's like some sometimes it just needs to have multiple voices <laughs> so absolutely yeah. and if everybody stays quiet then it's never going to change so it's yeah it's it's good that people are starting to come out now yeah what are you doing now what are you so, up to now now i am really close to graduating pa school <laughs> that's what i've been doing for the last i guess i'm in my third near third year now which is just crazy because I feel like I just started. <laughs> in some ways, I feel like I've been in school for a million years, but it also feels like it just started. So wow. I'm currently, yeah, <laughs> I'm currently in my last rotation. Uh, I'm doing an emergency medicine rotation now. And then I have um, one more kind of final preceptorship in any area that I choose. And then I graduate and I'll be done with school forever. <laughs> how exciting yeah I can't wait (laughs) 
That's so awesome. Yeah. Wow. It's been a weird um, year to like be a healthcare student though, this whole last year with the pandemic. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's just been like, all right, just dive in. It's just time to kind of get in there and help out. <laughs> You're getting the hands-on experience in a yeah. Yeah. very intense way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's good. No better way to learn, I guess, than just jumping in. <laughs> Definitely. Did you, I know that you do coaching, um, but did you ever do any like judging or anything like that? You judged um, like a, the, the jump event that one time, right? I did. Yeah, yeah. I, did. <laughs> <laughs> I did those. So that time, that aerial competition. And then I also just recently over the summer judged, um, it was like the G2C, what was there? I don't remember now the, the name of it, but it was like all different levels. I came in a couple of weeks and just judged like video submissions of just jumps again. So similar, a similar event. Um, but those, that's my only experience judging and I, <laughs> I won't do more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll leave it. I'll leave it there. Um, I love coaching though. It's, it's so much fun. And I always thought I would never be a coach. I used to swear that I would not do that at all. And I got talked into it when I was kind of in between like that transition period of like, okay, I'm not an elite athlete anymore. What do I do now? I don't know what to do with my life. Um, one of my, I would just kind of go to the rink, think about skating, but really just sit there and talk to the moms. And um, <laughs> one of uh, one of the moms there actually got me to coach her daughter. She was like, I just, just come in and do it for fun. And like, you know, I can just pay you some money. It'll be great. It'll work out great. So I was like, all right, fine. Like very, very kind of like grumpily, like, okay, whatever. I'll come in and do it. And then like I gave her that first lesson and I was like, wow, I love coaching and I never expected that. So I'm doing that now, but I've had to dial back a lot just with, just with school. My first year of PA school was super intense. Just, uh, you got to learn everything. It's like 70% of med school or something crammed into one year. So it, that was like a ridiculous ride. So I had to kind of put a lot of my students on the back burner, sadly. But then this whole last year has been a lot better. I've had more, a little bit more time, so I've got to see my students more and kind of get back involved into their life. And then now as school's ending, I'm like, all right, <laughs> gearing up to be back in your life and involved again in your training. <laughs> That's so awesome. Are you involved with USFS in any way other than just coaching or? Just coaching. Just coaching. Yeah, cool. mainly just coaching. Yep. And then, you know, that's pretty much it. That's awesome. Do you still do shows or are you just? No. Yeah. I saw the last time I officially skated, I guess, was like before I started school a couple years back. Um, I just, there, there was no way I was going to be able to keep up the level of training for shows even and do school at the same time. So, but I did get on the ice again for the first time, like a month and a half or so ago, which was great. Hurt really bad. <laughs> <laughs> My feet were dying. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I haven't, I haven't done anything, in, I guess, since school started. That makes sense. I, um, I remember one time, I think it was at an evening on ice or something in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. I was at a show with you and I remember you and Douglas Rosano were talking about this. Mm-hmm. I think it was Doug. Yeah, I could be wrong though, but um, this is like a like a media question. So one of the big like also just cultural shifts in skating was the fact that social media came out, I want to say after like 2010-ish. What like 
what are the differences from somebody who you were like right on the cusp of like before it all started happening versus now like skating can have a bunch of different, you can have a fan base regardless of how you compete just because people are now following you. What was, what is your, like, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it's so different, you know, Mm -hmm. like you, nowadays you have access kind of, well, at least it feels like you have access directly to the athlete. So I mean, it's just, I feel like it's just so different. You have like a direct line to some of their thoughts if they're tweeting things or like posting things. Whereas in my, in my day, (laughs) kind of when I was competing, you only saw the interviews that we had and then basically that was it. And then with skating. So you you had to kind of figure out what their personality was like just through their skating. Um, And I, I mean, I'm not a huge social, social media person in general still, um like I'll go on there every now and then but I just don't I don't go on there like I know my students do or even um some of my friends will and I just think that having like I don't know I don't know how I feel about it because it's a great thing because it does connect you directly with the people who are watching but then in some ways like I, I can't remember now who it was that I was talking with uh one of the current skaters like, a couple years back who was talking about this but it's you have to pretty much always be like promoting yourself and like through whatever you post and through the things that you like and all this stuff that I was like, I don't know how much I would have wanted to take that into account. You know, like obviously every word that you say matters and then everything that's out there on social media can always be found on social media. Mm -hmm. So it never really truly goes away. So in some ways it's a great thing. It really connects us with everybody and it connects fans to the skaters directly but I just couldn't imagine actually getting any kind of mean messages. Like I somehow have been really lucky and only every now and then have gotten a mean tweet here or there, but I don't know what it would have been like if that was available when I was skating. I wonder about that sometimes. Cause I'm like, it just would have been so weird to like, you know, suddenly know that these people like don't like you <laughs> for whatever reason, for no reason. Cause they don't really know you. They just think that they know you. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's social media to me is, is, bizarre sometimes <laughs> it is it's such a double-edged sword because it can be great in a lot of ways in terms of that accessibility but then it can also be horrifying in terms of seeing things that you don't want to see right. about yourself or like opinions about yourself um that you shouldn't be seeing anyway because right, you we're not supposed to hear that <laughs> right yeah exactly <laughs> constructive criticism not outright not just being mean to be mean yeah I feel like it's always about things that are like not even important it's like more personal attacks than actually talking about something that's like like if you want to talk about my skating to me all right that's fine like I put that out there so Mm -hmm. you can if you want to you know critique it or criticize it I've probably had the same critiques in my own head because I you know lord knows we're all really tough on ourselves anyways so I probably already thought that, but it's like, if you come at somebody for something else, like, like I've had people come up to me on the street. This is not social media, but I would imagine if this guy said it to my face, like he would say it to me in a tweet, but he like Mm -hmm. came up to me and told me that like my eyebrows were off and like, I should fix them. (laughs) Like gave me a book on makeup and I was like, okay, that's so weird. Yeah. So I'm like, what would this guy say to me? in a tweet when he didn't have to look me in the eyes and tell me that. 
<laughs> you know? Wow. I mean, I That's guess it's so funny. In my face, but yeah. <laughs> so social media is a beast. Yeah. I just, yeah. Definitely. And- I think like one of the funniest, well, like negative tweets, but to me, I definitely, when I see those kind of comments, I like kind of think they're funny. Um, which thank God, because like a lot of people aren't like that and they get really in their head about, um, like seeing bad things. But one of the funnier tweets that I had seen about myself leading into the 2018 nationals before the Olympics were like comments about me holding a red solo cup on the podium. If I made it on, like just because I was in college at the same time. And I was like, like, why how does being in college have anything to do with my performance? Like, why do you need to associate me being in college and being a full-time student with a red solo cup on the podium? Like it just, the the disconnect. (laughs) Yeah. No, seriously. It's just, it's just assumptions. Mm -hmm. And people just automatically are like, well, obviously that's what she's doing. Like, God forbid you post a picture of you having fun, you know, just dancing. You must be drunk if you're dancing. Like, (laughs) So ridiculous. I'm glad you can laugh at those. I don't yeah. know how I would, I don't know how I would deal with them. I feel like for the most part, I don't really care too much about comments. Um, especially working with patients now, like they'll say some things to you that are just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for sharing. <laughs> for sharing. I'm sorry you feel that way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, I don't know. Like, it's just so hard to be a teenager sometimes, not even a teenager, but be a young 20 something. I mean, heck, I'm 31 and like, I still feel like it's hard sometimes to like be this age. Yeah. <laughs> be going through things. But when you're just in that time period from like, I don't know, like 17 to like 27, like those 10 yeah. years are really awesome, but like really hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, they are. And I, yeah. I think it also, it, I feel like as I've gotten older, I've been able to put this together um, in terms of not getting broken down from seeing like anonymous negative comments or anything like that. But I think when you have a solid support group or a friend group for me, especially outside of skating, because I was in college. So I had quote unquote normal friends um, who like don't care about skating. They're purely friends with me just because they like my personality. Knowing that I have a lot of close people around me who like being around me and they actually know me that's where seeing negative comments from somebody who doesn't know me doesn't affect me really in the same way like ouch yeah it obviously hurts a little bit to like hear that people have these types of assumptions but it's like the reminding yourself they don't actually know you and the people who do know you really like you Um, but I think that's harder especially when you're younger and you're still finding solid support groups, solid friend groups. Um, and especially if you're not in any different circles, like if you were just skating, then a lot of your friends are still friends with you through skating. So it's like, it gets really, it gets really tricky. Definitely. Yeah, I think so. And I think it, you know, like watching you go to college and kind of everything that you've done is like so inspiring. I, I always, tell my students like look at what Paulina did because they watched you when they were younger and everything and I'm like it's so awesome that you went to school and did that just because like you said I think you need to have these friend groups that are outside of the sport as well and like normal people Mm -hmm. but just people who are not also kind of obsessing over the same things Mm -hmm. is really healthy no (laughs) it is separation because like I feel like as a community in skating 
even if we've only met a few times, you went, we always have that connection of like, we went through this experience together. Mm-hmm. So that kind of mm-hmm. always keeps you as like, I do have friends in skating because we've kind of all shared this. So even if we go a while without talking, you still are like close with these people. But then to have like regular friends too, who you can just be yourself around, not be concerned about what it looks like or, you know, appears vulnerable or whatever. It's so, it's so good. Yeah. But it is, it's really, it's really tricky and it's really hard, I think, to like find your footing there and be able to do both skate go to school is really tough as well so kudos to you honestly for doing that <laughs> thank you thank you so yeah. much yeah no it it was definitely the best experience that i could have and should have had going through all of that because yeah definitely like in any sport that you're in regardless of the level you get into there's always drama there's always um you know big moments and small moments and it it can get really easy to be lost in that. But when you have different outlets and you kind of balance things in your life to like draw from or be able to switch your mindset quickly, that's mm-hmm. what really helps you in those low moments, quote unquote. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's pretty cool. Okay. So my final question, what do you think about our current US ladies and particularly one of them has a triple axel right now, um, Amber Glenn, mm-hmm. also Alyssa Liu, so maybe two, um, if she gets it back mm-hmm. for this next season. What advice would you give to them heading in as being somebody with a triple axel in the past? <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, let's just talk about Amber for a second and how amazing she is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> would she like in the middle of a pandemic just randomly gets a triple axel? Not randomly, because I'm sure she was working on it, but, like, just wows everybody with that. I don't know how many of her triple axel videos that I saved, but I was like, wow, I'm going <laughs> to save that one. <laughs> like it, save it. Um, yeah, yeah. She is, yeah, she's one of those skaters, like, we were talking about when you watch her, like, you feel it. No matter what happens, like, with her jumps, obviously you want her to put it together and have a great skate. That's what she wants. That's what we all want. But even just, like, watching her do her programs, you're just like, I love this. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So she just needs to keep doing her thing because she's she's doing it and it's it's great to watch. I think that we have a good group of ladies. I think that um, you know, obviously with Alyssa, she is still an incredible skater without triple axles. I think I saw some pretty mean comments last year that it just really hurt me to see that when you're like you're talking about it this young beautiful soul who is like an incredibly incredible talent. She's like who I'm talking about that we need to help and not be mean to a kid. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense social media wise. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I thought she improved so much at nationals. You know, she doesn't, you don't need to have triple axel to just like define her. Um, Yeah. I like, I'm really looking forward to seeing her this year because I feel like she's already developed so much artistically. That was a pretty big jump to make. Yeah. From yeah. that first year to now, I thought it was a huge jump. Um, and then obviously Mariah Bell, like I just want her, I just want her to do clean programs all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But no, I, I love our ladies. I think that they're really, I think they're really doing their best and I, they're obviously pushing the technical content as well. I think that we have some of the most artistic ladies too with Amber and Mariah. I think they're both beautiful skaters so, you know, we definitely have good talent. I just, and Brady as well. Oh my gosh, I almost left out Brady. But yeah, she was awesome last year. 
Yeah, she was. Yeah. And I feel like she's somebody too, who just like gets better each year. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I feel like we have a really good group of skaters. So I just, you know, if they can just keep doing what they're doing, I feel like they know, like they have such a good solid foundation of their training and kind of they're improving. So if they can just keep on improving this year, I mean, any of them would be great to go. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. It's going to be a really exciting season. So I'm excited to follow along and cover some competitions. We'll see. (laughs) But yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Kimmy, for coming on today. That was a lot of really awesome conversation. (laughs) Thank you. Of course. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thanks for chatting with me as well. (laughs) Well, I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Please leave me a comment, leave me a review. I love hearing what you guys have to say. Follow me on my Instagram. That's where I'm promoting this. My username is at Paulina Edmonds. And please DM me if you have any requests for my podcast, any interview requests, or if you yourself would like to come on, you have a fun skating story that you'd like to share. I'm always looking for new voices to feature, so please reach out to me. And stay tuned for my future podcast episodes I release every Tuesday, and I can't wait to talk to you guys next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.